I was a bit of a language nerd ever since I was a little girl. I used to play with Oxford picture dictionaries and things like that, like covering the words and trying to remember as many as possible or writing down lyrics to songs I liked. So I, I started studying English when I was very little. And then I was an exchange student in my senior year of high school in, with a family in Iowa, the Van Winkles, which are a major part of why I became an interpreter. And when my parents came visit me from Argentina, I had to act as an interpreter with my American family. And it was wonderful to see how you could make communication happen. Then I joined Peace Organization, CISV, where we had summer camps with children, 60 children from different parts of the world. I was a leader for Argentina. And whenever we were about to start an activity, the instructions were given in English first, and I interpreted them consecutively into Spanish. And it was wonderful to see that the kids could engage and participate after uh, actually understanding every single thing they were supposed to do. So then I studied to become a certified translator and I very quickly realized that I didn't want my job to be me and the computer and a bunch of dictionaries. I wanted to interact with people. So that's how I decided I wanted to be an interpreter. And I have enjoyed it ever since because I, I truly love what I do. And I believe that it allows you to peep into other people's lives and, and you get to be in a day in the life of a nuclear scientist or a manufacturing plant operator and to, to learn a lot about what other people do and what's happening in the world. I was working as a bookie at a booking window. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and my friend uh, who was working at Interpify at the time decided enough was enough. I'm done complaining. <laughs> and then uh, she suggested I apply for a starting position at Interpify. And I got the position and that's how uh, I ended up here. And honestly, I can't complain anymore. <laughs> Well, of course, the situation in the world or special events that take place have an impact on our work as interpreters because we usually work in international fora with people from different countries. So yes, we, we did feel the impact and we need to be very careful when a world event takes place so that whenever a delegate or a speaker is making a statement about it before an international conference, we pick and choose the right words to try and convey the message in the best way possible in the target language. Maybe I would say that language has changed and evolved in the 20 years that I've been an interpreter. So for example, the gender movement, we need to start using gender inclusive movement to keep an eye on UN guidelines for inclusive language and adhere to, for example, the people first linguistic approach, talking about uh, people living on the streets instead of homeless persons. So we need to keep up to what's happening. Well, it's never easy to uh, work on an event with a sensitive subject. So the higher the importance of the subject, the more crucial it is that we keep our focus at the job at hand. <laughs> 
So it's never really easy. Sure, it does. And you need to be extra careful when you identify that a word is being used to express a political stance. And actually, I'm a professor at the University of Buenos Aires. I, I train interpreters. And there's a special class on that topic. And I call it reading between the lines. And we analyze, for example, media articles or speeches by different speakers. And we analyze the use of words to, for political reasons, right, with a political intent. And it is very interesting, but it's also stressful because sometimes the situation is tense and sometimes a single event is referred to using different words or, or even in economy, some people would refer to vulture funds while others refer to hedge funds depending on how they view it or a political demonstration is referred to a patriot demonstration, people take into the streets and other side political side may see it as disruptive or sticks and stones or anti-lockdown demonstration. So I always try to focus on what the speaker is saying and try to convey their message using the words in Spanish that that person would use if they spoke in Spanish. Honestly, I know it sounds uh, boring, but a good book is my go-to to clear my head. The silence alone is enough and is soothing after all the voices in my head after a long day of work. <laughs> so I can a imagine. good book is my go-to. <laughs> I can imagine. Sometimes it's hard for us as interpreters to switch off the interpreter's mode. I keep interpreting even the news on TV after an assignment. <laughs> so I can imagine for you listening to all of us. <laughs> well. Maybe that what you see while you're working with us as interpreters is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of work that we have to carry out before an assignment, before every event. Uh, we're no experts in every single subject, so we need to study a lot, do a lot of research. And I always share a quote with my students by Abraham Lincoln, that is, uh, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will use the first four sharpening the ax. And that's what we do. We spend a lot of time sharpening the axe by doing research on the internet, by studying the subject matter, getting our hands on bibliography on the topic. And it is funny because sometimes we have different events in a single week. So we can conduct searches that may uh, dazzle Google a little bit. For example, on a single week, I can search on improvised explosive devices or illegal logging and transshipment operations at sea or enriched uranium half-life or underwater autonomous vehicles for deep sea mining. So sometimes, and in particular, when I'm working on military training or webinars, I do get the, the request, the CAPTCHA request by Google popping up frequently. And I, I know that they want to make sure that I am a human being interested in all these subjects and not a, a, a bot who is carrying out autonomous, uh, automatic uh, searches. So deeply, I always feel that somebody is going to come knocking at my door and ask me, why, what, what is it that you're planning? Doing all this research on 
sensitive and, and specific topics that are totally unrelated. So that's maybe what you don't see about interpreters. We are Google experts, are experts in searching. <laughs> we tend to stalk the speakers so that if they make any references to their family, their studies, their hometown, we know it in advance. So we are very good Google searches. <laughs> we are as stressed as you uh, when something doesn't go according to plan during an event. <laughs> so in these situations, we think of the worst case scenario. So as soon as an issue comes up, we are on it. We are always ready to jump in and help at any moment, but the stress is unreal. <laughs> However, if the issue is on the client side, it might take some time for the message to go from us to our project manager then to the client and at times and at times the sound cannot be improved in real time but and interpreters get impatient <laughs> yeah <laughs> but we always always forward your messages and we try our best to improve the sound in real time we know that we know that you're <laughs> always trying to help us and this yeah. is all about we are teamwork. always on your side <laughs> always <Okay. laughs> good to know good to know Thank you.